Welcome to Small Town Radio. My name is Maxim Allen, and today I am alone because your other co-host has gone to live on a farm in New Hampshire, and one day we might see him again. It's been a while. It's been a while. It's been so long we didn't even do the sync. We didn't even sync before. Oh my god. Okay, here, we gotta restart now. <laughs> we gotta restart now, right? Or do you think we could probably put it together? It's not that difficult to put it together. We we started around basically the same time. Okay. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Yeah. It's uh. <clears throat> well, uh, today, uh, you guys might have noticed uh, we haven't had an episode in a couple weeks, and uh, Connor and I have been talking about this show. Um, and basically, this episode, we want to say goodbye for now because Connor has been extremely busy with his curbside stuff, and I've been busy with just comedy and all sorts of other things. Yeah, I've really been working that street corner quite a bit. Yeah. Right. Uh, I'm right on that curbside. I'm a curbside guy. What can I say? You won't believe how many curbs he's marked as his territory in New Hampshire. And I turned some tricks, I'll tell you. <laughs> Do you like magic? <laughs> it's turn, turn, if you're a comedian, it's turning some bits. Oh. <laughs> that sounds worse than turn. Let me turn your bits, sir. Let me turn your bits. Hey there, cowboy. You looking for some bits tonight? <laughs> um yeah it's uh it's been a a bit it's just it's one of those things where like i don't know you know we have some great listeners jack swimer to name one of the the all-time great listeners of this show where it's like you know when anything comes to an end it's sad but also i hope there's some feelings of and understanding that we're going towards bigger and better things in our minds, if not, you know, time will only tell if they're complete, complete failures. But I think the fact is we both realize, you know, we have good things going for us and you can, there's only so many hours in the day to get stuff done. So why create something that we're not putting our full passion into? Mm -hmm. Why, why give you a less than perfect podcast, you know? Yeah. (laughs) It's just not fair. What was the quote from the earlier episode? Like, perfect is what I aim for or something. <laughs> that was the first YouTube one oh, right. where the camera cut out. And uh, yeah, yeah, man, it's been so it's been you just said it before we started recording. It's been a full year. Yeah. I don't know the exact first recording date. I could actually probably pull it up. I probably have it in my files here. Yeah, I don't know. I uh I'm sure I think we started around this time, at least, because the way this this podcast started was Connor and I met at an open mic we would go to regularly and we started talking and he I was like, I wanted to start a podcast. I just don't know how. And he's like, oh, I wanted to start. I want to start a podcast and I know how. And so I think right around this time last year, we were like discussing ideas and show formats and recording the first trial. I have, I have the date pulled up 10 to 2019. That's when the, uh, mix was put together for that first episode. Wow. So yeah, we was last saved. We did. This has been a full year of us on this project. A full year. Wow. That's nuts. <laughs> That's bits. 
Yeah, it's bits. <laughs> it's yeah. I don't. I don't know if listeners remember. Well, the, obviously they never heard the episode. Um, but people have listened to this whole podcast. Which, you, if you haven't, go back and start from the beginning. Uh, it'll give you another year of listening. Um, but the first episode where the idea of it was we do three towns a piece, talk about them briefly, and then do a half an hour of an improv town. Yeah. I think the first rule of comedy is to learn what you can't do. Yeah. <laughs> and I think Im- improving for that long on a podcast was like, I mean, we both we both know what happened. We were like, this is weird. And then when, when we listened to it back, it was like so clear that like the first half half the episode was so much more fun than the improv part. And that's when we dropped it and got with our first show format of three towns each which by our standards now is insane (laughs) yeah i mean i think the the depth of research wasn't as great either yeah like there's just no way i remember going back a little while ago and listening to those first episodes and like the facts were just surface level we just grabbed three things off wikipedia without any understanding of what's going on around it um i will say though the best fact that's come out through this show was the fact of uh hampson new hampshire has the best crab rangoon at Golden Leaf. Like that's <laughs> that's when people are like that's facts. Oh, crab rangoon at Golden Leaf. That's facts. <laughs> that's the one thing that won't change. That's a fact for every town. This town does not have as good crab rangoon as Hampstead, New Hampshire. Man, I'm actually hungry now. <laughs> but yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's been like for me, this has been. I have loved doing this. And I think it's been really cool, like becoming like because we barely knew each other before we started yeah. this. And it's super cool getting to know you. Like you're one of my like closest comedy friends that I've met in New York City. And I'm sure we'll be good friends way into oh, yeah. our career. And um it's been it's been great. Like there's been a learning experience for both of us. Like Connor definitely came through and taught me how to actually make a podcast and do some editing. Which it's fairly easy to do. I there wasn't a whole lot. Just like get some mics, get some editing stuff. Yeah, it's it was pretty easy. It was just so time consuming. It was so funny because the editing time just killed us in the beginning. Yep. And because what we were doing is when we make mouth noises by accident, we were manually erasing that for every every mouth noise through an entire hour hour and a half episode and it would take like five hours you'd have to really focus and erase and it's kind of shameful that we actually did this until probably march of this year oh yeah and i've been in audio the audio space for a long time uh almost a half decade now but i will give myself this credit where Everything I've learned in audio up to this point has basically been self-taught. Basically, literally, when I sat yeah. down, someone explained to me, R is razor, cut, V is select, have fun editing. <laughs> that was it. Everything else from there. Um, this is, that's like, this is no real excuse. You can always ask people, but uh, I don't, I'm not always great at asking for help. I just assume that I... Will understand things, and if I'm really screwing up, someone will tell me. Yeah, <laughs> which is not the best strategy. I'm getting better at working the other way around. Yeah, and I think uh, it's it's funny because it was so monumental for us when uh, Lucas Arnold told us about Isotope, 
and that's yeah. the new plugin we use to completely erase all of the trash that we were spending so much time like hand erasing yeah literally cut our editing time down to like an hour and a half like basically aligning the two tracks hitting go waiting a little bit and then just listening to the episode for a quick double check and honestly i will i you know if anyone's interested in a podcast that doesn't have the mixer that automatically does a lot of that because those things are really expensive i'd say majority of podcasters at our level don't have access to that um i would highly recommend doing your research on isotope because it is it's helpful for i mean anything with audio in it it's video it was a godsend and it's totally been worth all the money it was well it's not like a lot of money but it was worth every penny no i mean yeah it's it's great and um i think i like i don't make sexual jokes but i think i made a sexual joke about that I'm pretty sure, didn't I? No, I don't know. Maybe. I think I was like, I'm orgasming right now. Oh yeah, editing no, when, this. The the first like night or two when we were doing, I don't know, when I told you about it. We were doing our research on it. It was like mind blowing. I was like, Are you fucking kidding? This could have worked the whole time. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's been really helpful. I've used it on other projects. I use it on video, like everything now. It does take some time to process, though. Yeah, but uh yeah well that was the first episode and that was like the beginning we had that hour and 40 minute episode yeah and which brought us a sour toe drink yeah i mean i think on it like the sour toe cocktail was like when we talked about that i was like this is what i want this show to be like right here we have a funny weird fact and we can talk about it and laugh about it and that was I mean, it like we remember it so well because it was so much fun to record, and it was so bizarre. Yeah. And same thing with the um, uh, what is it, Talkeetna, Alaska, with the 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 poop episode, moose, the poop, moose droppings. Yeah, the moose dropping festival or whatever. Like, yeah, it's like moments like that that I'm like, oh, this is why I like love this show and do it, and it's just like a blast and. I think in the future we'll probably like come back, maybe record an episode here or there and throw it up. But like as, as things are going, like especially like the pandemic really, really kind of threw a wrench in our whole, our whole thing. Cause everything. Yeah. Yeah. Not being able to record face to face, like and recording remotely. Like I often, I would like kind of, we like, you know, like in the last like two months, Normally, our schedule was we always record on Sunday, we edit the next week, and, like, everything's good. But in the last couple months, every episode we've done, we've recorded, like, two days before release. Like, yeah, we I just mean, our schedules just slipped so much. Yeah, and it's not, like, for me, I think the last, well, when we weren't recording, I had a show on Sundays, too. So I'd yeah. be driving up. Uh, I've actually lived in three states since the pandemic started. It's crazy. <laughs> it's nuts. And there's another one potentially on the horizon um i've lived in three apartments since the pandemic started <laughs> yeah that's nuts too that's like almost more stressful because you're like what why like I, it's not that far of a move but yeah it's yeah moving is just a pain in the ass and i don't want to do it for at least another year and a half oh my goodness yeah i'm with you but it's like probably two more moves in the next year probably yeah i mean you got a we'll lot see. of curbs to check out <laughs> 
gotta go turn tricks on all the curves. Pick a card, any card. <laughs> so, uh, and as you guys know, um, we have some other projects going on where you can still tune in w- with us individually. And I'm yeah. sure there's gonna be some crossover. I'm definitely gonna have Connor on an episode of my podcast in the future. But um, you can check out Connor at his curbside stuff if you want to do all your plugs of where to find that. Yeah, yeah. So I've curbside comedy max and i just talked for a long time that was good because i would have just had that whole conversation with you right here right now (laughs) so i'm glad we got that out of the way i'm really passionate about the idea of curbside comedy and there's a whole lot of details but i do think fundamentally it can be beneficial for charitable organizations and comedians alike and it can be implemented whether it's a pandemic time or not um But a large piece of curbside comedy or the concept behind curbside comedy uh, needs to be explained. There needs to be an educational piece behind it. And so I'm trying to slowly introduce the public to what I believe the idea of curbside comedy should be, uh, working with Trevor Glassman, who's on Maxim's podcast. I'm sure he'll talk about. But a few few ways to check it out. Obviously, you can find me on social media at Connor underscore Kfiachain. I post a lot of stuff there. Um, you can head to my website, connorkitchen.com. I'm going to be slowly building out the story of curbside comedy. Like that's one of the next steps I want to do. So people can go there, learn what it's all about. Uh, but the, the, probably the most accessible one, especially if you're already listening to a podcast is, uh, my podcast that's on YouTube and it's on, um, wherever you're listening to podcasts. I'm not sure if it's on Insta- on iTunes yet. iTunes has been super slow. Did you get it on Google play? Um, yeah, I think it's it's on. Well, obviously, it's on Spotify. I went through Anchor. Oh, okay, it's on yeah. Google Play. It's on like five or six of them. I'll check the other ones. But uh, if you have Spotify, you can find the podcast called What's Up With Me. Picture of my face. I had a mustache at the time, a mask around my neck. Um, and basically, it's every two weeks I sit down with myself and go, all right, what's up with me? What are the big things that happened with me? As a comedian, not necessarily personal life, because um, my personal life isn't really all that interesting. <laughs> but I, I, I asked people for questions. I had a few submitted last episode, which were really cool. I give a shout out to our good friend Lee. I give a shout out to Maxim's podcast right at the end. Um, but basically, it's an educational tool. Where I go, here's what's up with curbside comedy. Here's kind of what you should know to understand it. Here are the big things that are happening right now. Biggest thing. That just happens. We raised over $5,000 for charity, um, which is great. And I think the charitable aspect is going to be a big aspect of uh, whatever curbside comedy becomes in the future. Because what I actually realized this week in this episode was uh, curbside comedy, the idea of it came about as me and Trevor, Trevor and I, doing something we love. Like, that's what we wanted to do. We want to continue to perform. The fact that we accepted donations at our show was not the first thought. The first thought is always, let's get stage time. Yeah. That's the biggest thing for comedians at this point. And then we started earning a little bit of money. And from the very beginning, we decided we want to give to charity. And the fact is, the byproduct of doing what we want to do, which is getting stage time, performing for people, is raising money for charity. That's like, I think that's really a cool thing that I realized through this podcast. So it's literally the time of the week where I sit down and go, let's actually take a second to reflect on what's happened in your life. Right. <laughs> no, it's good. It's uh, it's chill. I think it's a, it's a nice little check-in type podcast, like low it's pressure. It's a vlog more or less. Yeah. It's like a vlog. Yeah, pretty much. Um, 
but yeah it's like i think it'll grow and it'll take more shape i really haven't pushed for publicizing it everywhere i'm in a stage of my life where i'm actually not public not pushing the idea and saying that it's what i think it should be before it's actually there i'm like keeping things kind of tight making sure i understand how to do things correctly mm-hmm. and then trying to go public with it yeah just keeping the mechanics simple and just doing it because you want to do it before you start worrying about marketing and stuff yeah and it's actually marketing great point uh it goes out every monday every other monday with my newsletter you can go to my website carnicfiaching.com backslash email dash list uh to sign up for that get updates on shows like charitable giving all that type of stuff but that's really what i'm up to uh we said before two things i want to focus on figuring out curbside comedy and stand-up comedy that's it yeah right now yeah i feel that and uh note for the listeners uh connor's last name is actually very easy to spell (laughs) (laughs) despite it being an unusual last name the it's kw cn but the only vowels in there are IE. There's two pairs of IE. K W I E C I E N. It's and we I've gotten so much flack for my last name. We were actually Trevor and I were actually on a uh a radio station last week uh, on a show called Man About Town on WBLQ. There's a uh and they asked, you know, for our our contact information. I directed people to my website and I was like Connor Kiechen and I spelt it and they just started roasting me. They're like, no one's going to actually look that up. Why? You got to change it. And I was like, I'm proud of my last name. I like it. It's cool. You know? Yeah. It's cool. I think uh, you've got a fun last name. I have a boring last name. Like You got a first name last name. Yeah. Well, my if, if my last name was the first name, it would be A-L-A-N. But it's A-L-L-E-N, yeah. which is the last name. And it's nothing special, but my mom's last name had one of those like alien Polish last names, which was uh, Zelenik, Z E L E N I C K, which is like, whoa, that's a fun one. That's nice. Reverse, when you're in elementary school, reverse alphabetical order, you'll be first. That's like the goal. If you're not first, you want to be last in elementary school. I don't know. See, I, th- I always thought about, I talked about this with some bu- friends last week, is, uh, I always wondered how my life would have been different if my last name was started with a Z instead of an A because it was a possibility. Yeah. And I think because I've always been like kind of I've all I've never felt like I fit in to begin with. I think having the A last name helped me feel like a little important because I would just come first for things. <laughs> yeah. And if I didn't fit in and I was at the end, I'd be like, it'd be bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I'm up to. What are you up to? I know you got a podcast out now and you're doing your photography a bit, working on stand up. but like, give us a big picture. So, um, I guess right now the, the big thing, the big two things I'm working on is my stand-up comedy. Um, we, I do a mic every, I, I am a co-producer of Little Panda Productions, which you can find on Instagram. That's uh, me and uh, Lee Lan. We do a mic every Friday in Brooklyn. You can sign up in Lee's bio. And we do a uh, outdoor show in Dumbo every other Saturday. The outdoor show is, um, it's a lot of fun. 
because it's absolute chaos. So the spot we picked is at this place called Jane's Carousel, which is in Dumbo, which is a beautiful waterfront, like kind of walking mall like area. And it's between the Manhattan Bridge and the Brooklyn Bridge. And we set up uh, our show at Jane's Carousel, which is a historic like carousel there. And there's like a dock with like big steps to sit on and stuff. And people, this is a very beautiful area. Like any of your friends who ever goes to New York City always takes photos in Dumbo because it's so picturesque. And so we're trying to... And it's not far from Manhattan. Yeah. And it's very close to Manhattan. And uh, we we do our comedy show there. And so we just set up. We just put our mic stand and speaker up on the dock. People sit down and we just start going. I don't even do material up top when I host. I just bark at people that are walking by because it's so crowded. There's so many people. So I'm just like trying to do crowd work with like strangers and get them to sit down and watch comedy. And while the show is going on, people take wedding photos and engagement photos and all sorts of like, there's so much romance in that spot because it's so photogenic that you just, there's like bridal parties. There's like all just photographers. There's so much going on that it's just like insane. And on top of that, the F train goes over the Manhattan Bridge. There are ferries that go by and there are helicopters that regularly go up and down the East River. So it's like it's it's like a show where I would not want to get like a super high up comedian on it because I'd be like this is this is not for you. This is just going to make make us look bad, but honestly, the people who have done it love it because it's just like it's chill. It's intimate. We get like, you know, maybe like six to 10 real people listening, but there's a co- quite a few comedians there. And just like the environment is just so much fun because you can just riff on everything. Like our friend Brian was doing a, um, doing a set yesterday. And this is a first, a drone flew over him. And <laughs> he was like, this this dude on an electric off-road longboard came by and rode right in front of him as he's performing and this dude has a drone following him and it was we all were just like what the hell was that like Brian should have fallen on the ground grabbed his start and went Obama <laughs> <laughs> Yeah it's uh it's fun and it's just like the the like it's fun because of how chaotic it is because most comedians, if we give them eight to ten minutes, they'll end up spending like two or three minutes of their set just like riffing on what's happening because there's so much motion and so much noise, but it's a good time. So, uh, yeah, you can follow Little Panda Productions on Instagram to kind of keep updated on where we're going. Um, we might do some pop-up shows here and there in New York City. All kind of depends on the weather. That's the big thing this year. Is yep. Outdoor comedy has been a blast. This is honestly... Aside from the pandemic, this has been the best summer of my life because we all went outside as soon as we could to do rooftop mics and backyard mics and park mics. And comedy just became so communal and so just like great. I met probably like 20 times more people during this summer than I did previously in New York City. Because when you do mics and bars, everyone kind of keeps their head down for the most part. And you go do a mic, you get off stage, maybe you talk to one person for a second. But now, with the outdoor comedy, it just became a hang. Like, you go to a mic or a show, 
you bring some like drinks or whatever or like you like after the thing is done you end up hanging out with people you're already in a park you're just in these beautiful outdoor locations so it just kind of it just became really fun we met a lot of people and we've met having our mic in the backyard we have met so many incredible people and we got there's a award that this venue the tiny cupboard is putting together and it's called the bombies and it's like a open mic scene like award thing and it's just like it's small it's fun it doesn't really mean anything but we got nominated for best open mic in the city and we're competing against three other mics and the final results aren't in yet so we'll see who wins but i just feel so proud that we have put together something that people love like people like every week we we only let like 23 to 25 people on but the signups we will get 60 people regularly who want to come to our open mic i mean that's also a big thing you're a big community guy you're you're invested in the scene right so i'm sure to you that means a, a heck of a lot more than someone who's you know just there you know to get a little bit of stage time like that's a big thing that you focus on we've talked about a lot yeah exactly and so for me it was funny uh my vision board for 2020 i thought when the pandemic started that all my goals were out the window but actually like post the lockdown i'm actually achieving a lot of the things i set out to do and one of the things was i wanted for one of my comedy goals was run a great mic and when i started doing my monday mic at buka I was like, this is going to be the great mic. I'm going to like, it's going to be fun. I'm going to try to make it great. Like respect people, have a good time. And it just never really shaped up the way I wanted it to. <laughs> and then- Buka, Buka, I don't think, Lukeman's great. Lukeman's the owner of Buka. It's a Nigerian restaurant in Brooklyn. Great, great person, great wait staff, but it just never, it was never going to be the open mic scene. I think that you had envisioned that a lot of people had envisioned. Right. And it's fun. It's like a good place. Their food is great. Like if yeah, you're in Brooklyn and you want to try something out. new, go to Buka. You're going to love it. Um, but yeah, so we go into lockdown. And then when we started doing the rooftop mic, we were actually the second group of people to start the rooftop mics. And we were like, we became so hot immediately because people wanted to come to this mic because it was like Max was on the curb turning some tricks. Yeah, Ooh, right. look at how hot I am. And we just, like, every week we buy beer for everybody. We buy water and some soda. We let people just have it. We have a running, like, beer fund. So if you come, you are, we don't, we we let people drink for free. We don't care. But we say, oh, yeah, we also have a beer fund donation. All the money just goes back to buying beer for the next group of people at the next mic. And usually we break even. And so it's just, like, this, like, ongoing cycle of, like, we just we just have a fun environment. I'm so proud of it. I'm so happy with how it's gone so far. And it's just it's just a good time. And we've met lots of really good, kind, like funny people, and that's that's what I'm all about. So, in a in a long in a super long way of saying it, uh you can follow me. You can find me at Little Panda Productions. And then additionally, I have my new podcast, Don't Quit Your Day Job, which I know there are several other podcasts out there with that name, but I think mine's going to be the best. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's it's a show where I just interview people about their creative passions. It's kind of loose sometimes, but I want to make sure I kind of stay on target. Like I want people to listen to episodes 
and come away with some new perspective on being like creative in like so many different ways. So like the first few episodes, like I had Caleb Clark who was on the show. He talked about like his clothing company, like graphic design, animation. Um, what was the other thing? Doing music videos. I had Lucas Arnold on there. He talked about voice acting, the differences between actors and comedians and um, his recent TikTok success. Uh, I had Alex Kim, who's just a who's a comedian out here that I'm, we're, we're friends with. Super funny guy. Really great episode. It's so much fun. Uh, we had um, uh, Sarah Schmitz, who's an artist and illustrator out here, and she does some like really cute cartoony like graphics and stuff. And it's just it's fun. We had our friend uh, Ali Mason on, who makes who's a comedian but also makes shoegaze music, which I was like, that's dope. So I'm just trying to keep the topics like have a lot of variety because I want I like I think we always like creatives all no matter what field you're in kind of go through the same thing. It's like becoming good at the thing you want to be good at doubting yourself and your project marketing yourself branding getting out there pushing yourself how it interacts with your life like and so I'm I'm just having tons of fun. It's just a 90 minute interview. I just ask people about what they're doing. And it's it's great. I highly recommend you listen to it. Um, most people like it a lot. <laughs> Imagine, I I'm glad you ended it the way you did. Like you know, listen to it. But I just sometimes things pop into my head. I just imagine someone who runs a podcast just goes, "Yeah, you should never listen to my podcast." Well, you should. You should. I make it. Don't listen. It's not worth it. This is a podcast for only me. <laughs> <laughs> I put it out there so I could shoot people away. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm the man feeding the birds in the park. Get away, get away. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. So you can find you can find me at Little Panda Productions, uh, Don't Quit Your Day Job Podcast, which is on Instagram at DQYDJ underscore pod. It's just Don't Quit Your Day Job underscore pod, basically. And um, yeah, you can follow me at Asparagus, 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 but with a T, Asparagus. And then also, if you like some of my photography stuff, um, you can follow me on, like, uh, Flickr, Max Allen. It's yeah, he shoots nudes as well, folks. Yeah, I shoot, I shoot buttholes. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say tasty nudes, but whatever. <laughs> no, I don't shoot nudes. Uh, a, a lot of stuff I do on Flickr is just kind of like stuff I see around the city that I like. It kind of updates slowly because as I get pictures. But my main photography account is on Instagram. It's called Lightbender, and I kind of do like dark, urban, like cyberpunk themed, like really edited, very saturated photos. It's kind of just a vibe. It's something I have a lot of fun kind of shooting in my free time. But yeah, that's kind of that's that's what I've got going on right now. It's just like a lot of focusing on comedy and don't quit your day job with some like photography on the side as well. Yeah. Do you? Uh, we got about ten minutes for our, our normal runtime. Do you have any uh, ads? Today I am brought to you by growth, and I think that's something with this podcast that has like changed my life. And I'm so grateful that I met you and you taught me all these wonderful things because I've wanted to start a podcast for about a year before I met you, but I didn't know where to start. And it's been so cool, like getting to know you and having this fun show and learning about podcasting and audio and like some of the marketing stuff and just kind of 
just establishing like, oh, here's a thing that I love that I can do now. And it's because I met you and you were willing to team up with me and work with me and teach me stuff. So today's the word of the day is growth. And thank you for all you've done for me, Connor. See, I thought you were going in a different direction with growth when you said it. I thought I was going to go back to like, when I'm working the street corner, I turn a trick and you see a lot of growth in me. Yeah, right. When I take <laughs> nudie photos, I get a lot of growth. <laughs> um, that was really great. Wow. I, I assume you're going back to the old formula. Thank you, Maxim. <laughs> this might be the first time I've said it on the show. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Someone tagged me in a story <laughs> and I good. opened it up and it had audio attached to it. I love it. I love it. That, my my uh, ad is people. Uh, because I, I said it before, but people make the place really like that's it. Like I'm very fortunate to be in Rhode Island and I have great roommates and they're making this experience very good. I was glad to be in New Hampshire with my parents because, you know, my parents are great people. Love them a lot. Um, but in like New York, people are like, do you miss New York? And I'm like, yeah, of course I miss the city, but you don't miss this. Like. If I went to New York and I didn't meet Maxim, I didn't meet our friend Alex, I didn't meet Trevor, I didn't meet Andrew, I didn't meet Tabanko, I didn't meet, you know, Alex Kim, Lucas Arnold, all these great people. Lee. Like, the the time of – I would not miss New York nearly as much. Right. People miss – make the place 100%. And that's something, like, that – like, I, I always say, but I never really internalize. And so I'm trying to do that more. And it's it's fearful. It's fearful because I don't know – where I move next, who I may or may not know there. Um, and, you you know, every time you move somewhere, you you leave some good people behind. Uh, but it, it also is a reminder to like, wow, you should really be thankful for the people that you've met. Absolutely. I, I 100% agree. And I think one thing that is a change in my life with comedy as well is that before, you know, you I would meet people in college. And I remember moving out of my dorm my sophomore year and literally saying to my roommate have a nice life because we just knew we were never going to speak again but once you get into the creative world and you start collaborating with people you really make friends for I don't even know how long we'll be friends but it's like we have like the basis for like lifelong friendships with all these great people we've met you know yeah I actually I love that line have a nice life I was dating a girl shortly after I left college and was in florida and i told her that i love that line like I, i'll use it all the time for people that i'm really not gonna meet again so when i was met her and i met her friends i'd like say goodbye to them in that way jokingly because i'm like who knows if this relationship's ever gonna work but i have no reason to see you again if it doesn't yeah <laughs> but the relationship it was like fun i had a good time um but then it just wasn't working out i was gonna move again and you know we have a talk we sit down you know look at the future and we decide to break up. And as I'm leaving her apartment, I close the door. She just goes, have a good life. And I walk away saying, oh, you totally won that breakup. <laughs> like, how can I even be mad at you? Three words. And she wins the breakup. Oh, I was just like, you're, I was literally, I left laughing because like, you are amazing as a person. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, uh, as yeah. a, the thing is, is like this show, like, we're we're done with this show for the foreseeable future but i mean me and you we're gonna collaborate on stuff down the road yeah. like we're gonna check in and for sure work on something it's just that the time 
is not right right now. Like we're both only a few years into comedy. Who knows what it's going to be like in five years, you know, like we, I think that's one thing that I always find encouraging with this is like, even at the moment when you're always like, when you're struggling with what you're going through or like doubting yourself and trying to stay up on something and being like, am I, am I doing the right thing? Am I meeting the right people? Like, am I, am I putting in enough effort? It's cool to think that like, oh, in five years, the people we know that we're friends with are going to have so many great projects and are going to have credits and are going to be a network of like cool, successful, creative people that we're going to know forever, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so cool. Who knows? Maybe such like for anyone out there who's on the fence about doing stand up comedy. I 100% urge you to do it um, and take this advice in this way and take it literally. You are going to suck at the beginning. You just like, you just are what, and that's relative too. like, you could get a few laughs or you could absolutely bomb regardless of, you know, that relative success. As long as you stick with it, you're going to look back and go, oh, wow, I did suck at the beginning because there's so much growth. And so if your fear about doing stand-up comedy is that you're not going to be successful at it, well, get over it. You're not going to be successful the first time you get on stage. No one's successful at stand-up comedy if they only do it once, no matter how good, quote-unquote, they are, because it's all about the growth along the way. But there's so many people I meet, like, they're worried, you know, what if it doesn't go well? It's not. It's it's really it could go fine, but you're not going to get Dave Chappelle laughs. Yeah, no way. Like, you're even if you stick with it for 40 years, you're probably not going to get Dave Chappelle laughs. But you can get, you know, real good laughs and you're going to grow. But don't just do it. Like, yeah, you're it's about sticking with it. And that's, I think, what the bond is, because like all of us who are doing this now, people you meet in New York are like, it doesn't matter how I do on stage this time. I'm sticking with it. I'm going right. to grow over time. Exactly. And that goes for all your creative stuff, whatever project yeah. you're doing. And I think, uh, yeah, you're going to suck. And the thing yeah, is, that's it. like, it's fine. It's fine to suck. And if it's, it's a the, good, that's a good thing. It's humbling. And if it's in the back of your mind and you've been thinking about for a while, like just pull the trigger and do it. I tell everyone who wants to do it. I'm like, listen, just, you can just go to an open mic, watch one time, come back the next week and sign up you only need like two or three small jokes but once you get on stage and you try it you're over the first major hurdle that everyone faces and you're on the other side of that fence now now you can go forward and like do what you can to improve and if you have a terrible set that sucks but that's good that's par for the course you're gonna get better and if you have an awesome first set your next set is probably going to suck. It's like if you yeah. have a great first set, that's just a little bonus for your self-esteem. Like, But you're going to ha- still have to put in so much work. And I think when I started, I knew from like listening to podcasts and interviews with comedians and stuff, it boils down to it's going to be a long journey and you just have to want it and keep at it and invest in it. And then it will everyone will figure it out in time if you're in the right mindset about it 
you can't be you can't be like a shitty person and like a hateful comedian and make it nowadays so a lot of the people that are like longtime stand-ups who have gone nowhere with it just they didn't push themselves to go forward and get out of their routine like everyone can make it you just got to keep your head in the right zone and i'm not saying the right people huh and meet the right people and meet the right people it's like friends people that are going to encourage you yeah and that's such a big thing the community aspect is huge like when you want to do something you're not the only one who wants that thing and you want to surround yourself with people who are all working towards similar things that you are and it'll have huge payoffs absolutely and it's kind of like wouldn't you say a nice long road trip stop here this small town you stop there this small town yes and it's the way you make your way to the big city yeah and i would say uh if you're if you're doing stand-up right now in a small area and you've got like a tiny scene or something and you feel like you're doing pretty well just fucking move to new york (laughs) just do it just the sooner like it's i think it's good that i moved to new york at about 10 months into comedy because I got the the experience of like doing well and being funny in a smaller place. But when I got to New York, I sucked. I was still almost a year in and I sucked. I had to like relearn. But I could tell even when I was bombing here, I was getting better. And then over time, I just met amazing people, had so much fun. And I just feel surrounded by people that all want the same thing that I do. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing I miss. I'm, you know, small town radio is literally not small. It's curbside comedies literally, you know, go into these small towns. I performed in a number of the towns that we've discussed on the show now. Really? <laughs> yeah. Hampstead. I performed my hometown in front of my cousin's neighbors who I grew up with knowing. Wow. Like <laughs> Exeter, Derry, all those places. But yeah, you just, yeah, I don't know. It's. New York is like the place to be. I'm figuring something out outside of it right now because the time dictates it. And I think it's a good idea that the comedy scene could benefit from, but New York is New York's the place to be like hands down. And uh, yeah. And even if like, even if you're not strictly a stand up, if you're a into sketch or improv or comedy writing, like, there's there's a community for everything you could want here and i uh, you often hear the back and forth of do i go to la or new york and if you're newer just go to new york like yeah i um and also you can also go to chicago too that seems like a great place to get started but yeah la's fine too but it's it is more for people who are developed yeah so just get to new york if you can and i like for me it was the first time i ever left my home state away from my family I was so scared at first, but it it has paid off enormously. Like this comedy has like changed my life in such a positive way. Like I think my whole life I felt like a hole that I was trying to fill that I didn't know how to fill. And then once I started doing comedy, I was like, this is the thing that fills that hole. Just like turning tricks. Turning bits. Turning bits. <laughs> Fill my hole with your bits. Yeah. Now I feel, I feel the same way. Like feel completed. I feel better. Like this stretch of time, actually the last like month 
I felt the most focused, the most I like I feel like I understand what I want to do the most in yeah. life. So it's great. Okay. Before we get out of here, do you wanna do you have any final message you want to say to the listeners? Uh check out like we talk a lot about big cities in this episode. New York's great, but there's a lot of great people uh performing in small towns in Massachusetts, New Hampshire. Rhode Island. Um, if you're a stand-up comedian and you get an opportunity to go to these places, uh, and you know it's worth your time, just not like for a random open mic drive 300 miles or something. Go these these people like if you it's a good opportunity for you go because these people really want comedy, they really enjoy comedy, and from my experience, people have been letting me into their backyards to perform. I'm just meeting some of the nicest people. Like you meet good people wherever you end up going. So wherever your journey takes you, whether it's to New York or through a small town, uh, if you're a comedian, you can make people laugh, do that because people appreciate it. And um, you, it really reinforces in you how, how much good there is, even though, you know, the news may say otherwise from time to time. Yeah, Absolutely. And uh, I would say my final note is just, I don't know, life is, you should enjoy it. It takes work to enjoy it and find the thing you want, but like, just keep at it. And uh, goodbyes aren't forever. So, <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> What's my next thing? I'm going to finish reading the series of Harry Potter for the fourth time. Great, great. That's great to know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, is that it? I think so. I think it's time for me to go grocery shopping and <laughs> do some editing. <laughs> Man, this is this is the best ending for anything since The Sopranos. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best ending since Game of Thrones. <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening, especially you, Jack Swimer, and other longtime listeners. Yeah. Um. Follow us. You know, we're people at the end of the day. Follow us. Support us. We may be back, uh, but for right now, it's goodbye until we see you again. Until we see you again. While you're sleeping. Have a good night, lovely goblins. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Bye. Bye.